Chapter Five, Part One of *The Many-Sided Franklin* by Paul Lester Ford. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Chapter Five, Printer and Publisher, Part One. Virtue and a trade are a child's best portion, said poor Richard, and he not merely claimed, "He that hath a trade hath an estate." but he that hath a trade has an office of profit and honor through all franklin's life he never missed an opportunity to praise the workman be his calling what it might and nowhere did he show more pride than in his own particular handicraft printing was not a family mystery as it was then termed of the franklins they having hitherto been blacksmiths dyers or soap makers but Josiah, with ten boys to place in the world, had to seek other crafts, and James Franklin was sent to London, presumptively to his uncle Benjamin, and there apprenticed to a printer. His time out he purchased a press and types, and returning to Boston in March 1717, established his printing house in Queen Street, near the prison, otherwise described as over against Mr. Mills's school. Thanks to his English training, probably, he was a good workman, and the issues of his press rank among the best of American printing of his time. From the first he seems to have prospered, and within a year needed an apprentice, who was easily found in his brother Benjamin, though not so easily bound. For the lad had a hankering for the sea, and so objected to being apprenticed to the more humdrum life of printer's devil. I stood out some time, he relates, but... Quote, at last was persuaded to sign the indentures when i was but twelve years old i was to serve as an apprentice till i was twenty-one years of age only i was to be allowed journeyman's wages during the last year in a little time i made great proficiency in the business and became a very useful hand to my brother it was certainly good fortune which secured him the instruction of a master printer of london training instead of some slovenly self-taught colonial for as poor richard remarked quote, learn of the skilful he that teaches himself hath a fool for his master End quote. it is to be questioned if the first years of the apprenticeship were of any particular value to benjamin save on their mechanical side for the product of james franklin's press is a dreary lot of gone nothingness a few of the new england sermons of the day stoddard's treatise on conversion stone's short catechism a prefatory letter about psalmody in defense of church singing which many puritans still held to be unholy an allegory styled the isle of man or legal proceedings in manshire against sin cares english liberties sundry pamphlets on the local politics of the moment such as a letter from one in the country to his friend in boston news from the moon a friendly check from a kind relation to the chief cannoneer and a word of comfort to a melancholy country two or three tracts on inoculation and one aimed half at the boston clergy and half at the fair sex entitled hooped petticoats arraigned by the light of nature and the law of god were the chief output of the new printer during the years his brother served him in 1719 a more interesting job was undertaken for the postmaster of boston employed james franklin to print for him the boston gazette 
the third paper issued in america the contract was a short one for the appointment of a new official led to other changes and the printer having supplied his office with what was needful for a newspaper and trained his men in the work found himself left in the lurch partly in retaliation and partly to utilize this experience and material james franklin though quote, dissuaded by some of his friends from the undertaking as not likely to succeed one newspaper being in their judgment enough for america on august seventh seventeen twenty one issued the first number of the new england courant which he promised should be Quote, published once a fortnight and out of mere kindness to my brother writers i intend now and then to be like them very very dull for i have a strong fancy that unless i am sometimes flat and low this paper will not be very grateful to them End quote. the dullness was to be only one feature of the new venture however for quote, the publisher earnestly desires his friends may favor him from time to time with some short pieces serious sarcastic ludicrous or otherwise amusing or sometimes professedly dull to accommodate some of his acquaintance that this courant may be of the more universal use End quote. this prospectus was taken in bad part by the already established journals and one irate rival addressed an open letter to Quote, Jack Dullman, end quote, taking him to task for his quote, very, very frothy, fulsome account of himself. End quote. A reproof the printer acknowledged in a joking poem, which still more deeply stirred the objector, and led him to reply to what he termed quote, Franklin's hobbling verse, end quote, which came not quote, from Parnassus, but as a little before the composure you had been raking in the dunghill, it's more probable the corrupt streams got into your brains and your dull, cold skull precipitated them into ribaldry. In his appeal for subscribers, quote, the undertaker of the Courant pledged himself that nothing should be inserted reflecting on the clergy as such of whatever denomination nor relating to the affairs of government and no trespass against decency or good manners as already told however the courant was quickly breaking lances with the most prominent of the boston clergy and within a twelvemonth of its beginning it printed an article which by implication threw discredit on the civil authorities for this scandalous libel, James Franklin was, by order of the council, taken into custody, publicly censured, and imprisoned for four weeks. Moreover, an attempt was made to pass a resolve that, quote, no such weekly paper be hereafter printed or published without the same being first perused and allowed by the secretary, end quote. But this was rejected as too extreme. The reproof and punishment were ineffectual, and the authorities complained that the Courant continued, quote, boldly reflecting on His Majesty's government and on the administration of it in this province, the ministry, churches, and the college, and it very often contains paragraphs that tend to fill the reader's minds with vanity to the dishonor of God and the service of good men, end quote. 
finally a particular issue of the journal had so strong a tendency to quote mock religion and bring it into contempt and so profanely abused the bible and so injuriously reflected on the reverend and faithful ministers of the gospel and his majesty's government end quote that james franklin was strictly forbidden to print or publish the Quran, or quote, any pamphlet or paper of like nature except it be first supervised by the secretary of this province end quote. this inhibition brought the prentice whose share at first had been to carry the papers through the streets to the customers more to the fore in the trial of james franklin benjamin was quote, taken up and examined before the council but though i did not give them any satisfaction they contented themselves by admonishing me and dismissed me considering me perhaps as an apprentice who was bound to keep his master's secrets upon his brother's imprisonment franklin though but sixteen assumed the management of the paper and when the order was issued that james franklin should no longer print the Quran, quote, there was a consultation held in our printing-house among his friends what he should do in this case some proposed to evade the order by changing the name of the paper but my brother seeing inconveniences in that it was finally concluded on as a better way to let it be printed for the future under the name of benjamin franklin and to avoid the censure of the assembly that might fall on him as still printing it by his apprentice the contrivance was that my old indenture should be returned to me with a full discharge on the back of it to be shown on occasion but to secure to him the benefit of my service i was to sign new indentures for the remainder of the term which were to be kept private a very flimsy scheme it was however it was immediately executed and the paper went on accordingly under my name for several months united as the brothers might be in their fight with church and state there was serious disagreement between them and quote, at length a fresh difference arising between my brother and me i took upon me to assert my freedom presuming that he would not venture to produce the new indentures it was not fair in me to take this advantage and this i therefore reckon one of the first errata of my life but the unfairness of it weighed little with me when under the impressions of resentment for the blows his passion too often urged him to bestow upon me though he was otherwise not an ill-natured man perhaps i was too saucy and provoking when he found i would leave him he took care to prevent my getting employment in any other printing-house of the town by going round and speaking to every master who accordingly refused to give me work failing to secure employment in boston franklin became the runaway prentice so frequently advertised for that time Quote, sneaking on board a sloop in three days i found myself in new york near three hundred miles from home a boy of but seventeen without the least recommendation to or knowledge of any person in the place and with very little money in my pocket End quote. however quote, at the working man's house hunger looks in but does not enter End quote and quote, having a trade and supposing myself a pretty good workman i offered my services to the printer in the place old mr william bradford from him he obtained no direct aid but he was told of a possible place in philadelphia and at once set out for that city here he obtained a job from samuel keimer 
one of the two printers of the place and worked with him till a more ambitious opening offered by chance a letter of the lad was shown to the governor of pennsylvania sir william keith from it he inferred that franklin was quote, a young man of promising parts and therefore should be encouraged for the printers at philadelphia were wretched ones end quote he advised therefore that the newcomer should start in business on his own account making no doubt i should succeed and hinted that he would procure me the public business and do me every other service in his power keith came to the printing office to see the young journeyman which made his master stare like a pig poisoned and took him off to a tavern where quote, over the madeira he proposed my setting up my business end quote, and was so eager to bring it to pass that he wrote a letter to josiah franklin recommending him to advance his son the necessary money the father however with more prudence or possibly from lack of the means disapproved of the scheme sir william despite this damper still stuck to his suggestion and offered to loan franklin the needed funds Quote, give me an inventory of the things necessary to be had from england he told the young fellow and i will send for them end quote. when made out it amounted to about one hundred pounds sterling and at the governor's suggestion it was decided that franklin should go to london to make the purchase because of the advantage of quote, my being on the spot to choose the types and to see that everything was good of the kind end quote never dreaming of bad faith franklin got him aboard ship and on christmas eve of seventeen twenty four reached london it proved a sorry holiday time to him for here it was that he first learned that he had been deceived with false promises and hopes and that the governor's name would not have procured him the necessary credit to purchase the outfit even had he fulfilled his word it was a bitter disappointment to the lad whom poor richard had not yet taught that quote, experience keeps a dear school but fools will learn at no other end quote. once again franklin had proof of the value of a trade for quote, i immediately got into work at palmer's then a famous printing-house in bartholomew close and here i continued near a year end quote lodging meantime in little britain at three shillings and sixpence a week it was in this establishment that franklin set up and printed for himself his quote, wicked tract end quote. and however much he may have later thought it an erratum the pamphlet is typographically anything but that and as a piece of bookmaking shows him already a most admirable brother of the type leaving palmer's in the hope of bettering himself franklin went to watts near lincoln's inn fields a still greater printing-house and quote, here i continued all the rest of my stay in london at first i took to working at press imagining i felt a want of bodily exercise i had been used to in america where press work is mixed with composing watts after some weeks desiring to have me in the composing room i left the pressman a nubian venue or sum for drink being five shillings was demanded of me by the compositors i thought it an imposition as i had paid below the master thought so too and forbade me paying it 
i stood out two or three weeks was accordingly considered as an excommunicate and had so many little pieces of private mischief done me by mixing my sorts transposing my pages breaking my matter etc etc if i were ever so little out of the room and all ascribed to the chapel ghost which they said ever haunted those not regularly admitted that notwithstanding the master's protection i found myself obliged to comply and pay the money convinced of the folly of being on ill terms with those one is to live with continually i was now on a fair footing with them and soon acquired considerable influence i proposed some reasonable alterations in their chapel laws and carried them against all opposition my constant attendance i never making a saint monday recommended me to the master and my uncommon quickness at composing occasioned my being put upon all work of dispatch which was generally better paid so i went on now very agreeably at the end of eighteen months a good business offer from a philadelphia merchant who had come to london to purchase goods tempted franklin into leaving the printing office and england and in less than two years from the time he had sailed he once more landed at philadelphia only three months later his employer sickened and died and for a third time he was without a livelihood but his london training had taught him much of his trade and to that extent he was the richer in throwing up his job at watt's establishment franklin quote, took leave of printing as i supposed forever acting on this conclusion i tried for farther employment as a merchant's clerk not succeeding Keimer's lack of a skilled workman and franklin's lack of work brought the two together his old employer quote, tempted me with an offer of large wages by the year to come and take his printing-house that he might better attend to his stationer's shop and franklin closed again with him franklin found in keimer's employ a number of green hands whom quote, he had agreed with at extreme low wages per week to be raised a shilling every three months as they would deserve by improving in their business and the expectation of these high wages to come on hereafter was what he had drawn them in with i soon perceived that the intention of engaging me at wages so much higher than he had been used to give was to have these raw cheap hands formed through me and as soon as i had instructed them then they being all articled to him he should be able to do without me i went on however very cheerfully put his printing-house in order which had been in great confusion and brought his hands by degrees to mind their business and to do it better our printing-house often wanted sorts and there was no letter-founder in america i had seen types cast at james in london but without much attention to the matter however i now contrived a mould made use of the letters we had as puncheons struck the matrices in lead and thus supplied in a pretty tolerable way all deficiencies i also engraved several things on occasion i made the ink i was warehouseman and everything and in short quite a factotum but however serviceable i might be i found that my services became every day of less importance as the other hands improved in the business and when keimer paid my second quarter's wages he let me know that he felt them too heavy and thought i should make an abatement he grew by degrees less civil put on more of the master frequently found fault was captious and seemed ready for an outbreaking 
i went on nevertheless with a good deal of patience thinking that his encumbered circumstances were partly the cause at length a trifle snapped our connections for a great noise happening near the courthouse i put my head out of the window to see what was the matter keimer being in the street looked up and saw me called out to me in a loud voice and angry tone to mind my business adding some reproachful words that nettled me the more for their publicity all the neighbors who were looking out on the same occasion being witnesses how i was treated he came up immediately into the printing-house continued the quarrel high words passed on both sides he gave me the quarter's warning we had stipulated expressing a wish that he had not been obliged to so long a warning i told him that his wish was unnecessary for i would leave him that instant and so taking my hat walked out of the doors one of Keimer's workmen, Hugh Meredith, came to Franklin in the evening and suggested that when his time was out, they should form a partnership, his father to advance the money needed to obtain a press and types. Quote, this proposal was agreeable, and I consented. I gave an inventory to the father, Franklin continues, who carried it to a merchant. The things were sent for, the secret was to be kept till they should arrive, and in the meantime I was to get work, if I could, at the other printing house. But I found no vacancy there, and so remained idle a few days, when Keimer, on a prospect of being employed to print some paper money in New Jersey, which would require cuts and various types that I only could supply, and apprehending Bradford might engage me and get the job from him, sent me a very civil message that old friends should not part for a few words, the effect of sudden passion, and wishing me to return. Meredith persuaded me to comply, as it would give more opportunity for his improvement under my daily instruction. So I returned, and we went on more smoothly than for some time before. The New Jersey job was obtained. I contrived a copper-plate press for it, the first that had been seen in the country. I cut several ornaments and checks for the bills. We went together to Burlington, where I executed the whole to satisfaction, and he received so large a sum for the work as to be enabled thereby to keep his head much longer above water. It was in the summer of 1728 that the firm of B. Franklin and H. Meredith set up their new printing office near the market, and Quote, we had scarce opened our letters and put our press in order before george house an acquaintance of mine brought a countryman to us whom he had met in the street inquiring for a printer all our cash was now expended in the variety of particulars we had been obliged to procure and this countryman's five shillings being our first fruits and coming so seasonably gave me more pleasure than any crown i have since earned and the gratitude I felt toward Howes has made me often more ready than perhaps I should otherwise have been to assist young beginners. Quote. Another friend helped them by procuring from the Quakers quote, the printing forty sheets of their history, the rest being to be done by Keimer, and upon this we worked exceedingly hard, for the price was low. It was a folio, pro patria's size, in pica, with long primer notes. I composed of it a sheet a day, and Meredith worked it off at press. It was often eleven at night, and sometimes later, before I had finished my distribution for the next day's work, for the little jobs sent in by our other friends now and then put us back. 
but so determined i was to continue doing a sheet a day of the folio that one night when having imposed my forms i thought my day's work over one of them by accident was broken and two pages reduced to pie i immediately distributed and composed it over again before i went to bed franklin was not the kind of man to depend on his friends for work or even to sit still and let work come to him the public printing always a profitable matter was in the hands of andrew bradford and in december seventeen twenty eight he printed the usual speech of the governor at the meeting of the assembly quote, in a coarse blundering manner we reprinted it elegantly and correctly and sent one to every member they were sensible of the difference it strengthened the hands of our friends in the house and they voted us their printers for the year ensuing end quote a little later for a timely pamphlet of his own writing on a projected issue of paper money his friends in the assembly quote, thought fit to reward me by employing me in printing the money a very profitable job and a great help to me end quote in seventeen thirty two influence securing him the printing of an issue of paper money for delaware another profitable job as well as of the quote, laws and votes of that government which continued in my hands as long as i followed the business end quote. so too he obtained the public printing of new jersey the first book published by the young firm was an impression of watt's psalms of david a writer for whom franklin had the greatest admiration so much in fact that in his last hours he repeated several of watt's lyric poems and descanted upon their sublimity apparently the people of pennsylvania did not share this liking for when franklin some time after was criticized for printing a particular broadside in his defense he urged that if printers occasionally quote, put forth vicious and silly things not worth reading they did so not because they liked such things themselves but because the people were so viciously educated that good things were not encouraged end quote. for instance Quote, an impression of the psalms of david had been upon my shelves for above two years yet he had known a large impression of robin hood's songs to go off in a twelvemonth even before franklin had printed this first volume an inception of far more importance was in his thoughts being a project to start a newspaper a germ probably of his experience with the new england courant but he had not yet learned from poor Richard that, quote, three can keep a secret if two are dead, end quote. And so he confided his scheme, before it was well matured, to one of his former fellow workmen, George Webb. By this means, Keimer heard of the project, quote, immediately to be beforehand with me, published proposals for printing one himself, end quote. And late in 1728, issued the first number of The Universal Instructor of All Arts and Sciences, or The Pennsylvania Gazette. End quote. Despite its formidable title, its publisher claimed that it had attained the gigantic circulation of 250 copies by its 13th issue, which meant a profit to him of at least 60 pounds a year but already franklin's old master was feeling the competition of the new firm and when number twenty seven of the paper was due there was a week's delay in its publication which mr keimer presently explained to the public was occasioned by the fact that he had been quote, awakened when fast asleep in bed about eleven at night 
overtired with the labor of the day and taken away from my dwelling by a writ and summons it being basely and confidently given out that i was that very night about to run away though there was not the least color or ground for such a vile report clearly this was not altogether a novel experience for he styles himself quote, the shuttlecock of fortune the very butt for villainy to shoot at or the continued mark for slander and her imps to spit their venom upon end quote, and marvels that quote, a person of strict sincerity refined justice and universal love to the whole creation should for a series of near twenty years be the constant butt of slander as to be three times ruined as a master printer to be nine times in prison one of which was six years together and often reduced to the most wretched circumstances hunted as a partridge upon the mountains and persecuted with the most abominable lies the devil himself could invent or malice utter released by the forbearance of his creditors keimer struggled along with his paper until number thirty nine was reached when he sold it to franklin and meredith for a small price having then only ninety subscribers under the new management the absurd title was curtailed to the pennsylvania gazette and the paper otherwise improved with the fourth issue franklin announced that quote, instead of publishing a whole sheet once a week as the first undertaker engaged to do in his proposals we shall continue to publish a half sheet twice a week which amounts to the same thing only it is easier to us and we think it will be more acceptable to our readers inasmuch as their entertainment will by this means become more frequent end quote. This made it the first semi-weekly ever issued in America, but the printers were in advance of their public, and after issuing a few numbers, they changed it back to a weekly. This ends Chapter 5, Part 1.